What's up, guys? My name is Logan Camp, and I am going to be speaking to y'all tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here uh, to be able to encourage y'all. I love this ministry. I love our age group. Just being able to encourage my peers, it's, it's awesome. Uh, before I get into anything about me, uh, are y'all thankful for y'all's pastors, Pastor Justin and Emily? Yeah. So they're not here tonight. That's because Emily and Justin, they just had a baby. And so... But, yeah, they can't be here, but they sent y'all a message. Yeah, that, his name is Denver Free. Uh, and so, yeah, we're excited to have him. He's like our new mascot for Elevation. Pretty cool. Uh, Justin told me to tell y'all that he, he loves y'all. He's still praying for y'all, even though his life looks different right now because he has a baby. Uh, and he's excited to be back um, in just a couple weeks. He'll be back encouraging us. But uh, just about me, um, I am a UCA student. I've actually, yeah, and I, before I'm a UCA student, I've been here, I actually started, I snuck into Elevation my senior year of high school with a friend named Melvin, and he introduced me to some people, and I found my community, and I've been here in Elevation for five years. Uh, this is, well, this is the start of year five. I'm not that old. Uh, but <laughs> this is the start of year five, but it's funny because it's also year five of school at UCA, uh, Roll Bears, because... I am a third semester senior, and you know, sometimes you need that extra semester to get it done, but it's okay, but what that means is I have three times the amount of senioritis. I am ready to be done. I love UCA, I love this stage of life, but let me tell you what I'm not loving, and that's discussion boards. Anybody else? I mean, they, they suck, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into tonight, and you know, typically speakers, when they want the people who are listening to get to know them, they maybe, you know, show a picture of their wife, uh, their kids, you know, just to introduce like another part of them. I have neither. Uh, so what I am going to show you is just some memes that I had in my camera roll. So if y'all will look, it's just three of them or not. We probably don't have them. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Meme number five. This is for all the babysitters out there. All right. <laughs> That's, okay, here we go. When your skin's so dry, the lotion got to ask God to give it strength. That thing is bowed down. Then we got a last one. Oh. No, we don't. They said it wasn't funny. They were like, oh, oh no, no, too soon, too soon. Get it out. Okay, we'll get to that. Don't worry. We will get to it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to start a new series tonight. It's called Truth in a World of Gray. Y'all have seen the graphic. Uh, just to share a little bit of heart, it's pretty much we're going to look at some lies that the enemy's been uh, telling us, uh, some lies that we hear every day, and we're going to apply some truth to it. And the only truth that I know for sure is the Word of God. And so I just want to start out with that, and I want to hit this head on is that God's word is truth, and it's the truth that we need. And uh, it's very powerful. It does not return void in our lives. It shuts down the enemy in his place. Uh, it does so many things for us. It encourages us. It comforts us. It changes us on the inside. It's the only thing that can change us is God and his word. And so I don't know about y'all, but, like, lately I've been kind of, I've been on social media a lot. I've seen a lot of just people's opinions um, and I think that our age group, you know, we have social media, 
and we look at it and we see some things and we hold on to it with some value. And uh, I see, you know, people's late night philosophical thoughts that they post on their stories. Uh, and sometimes I hold on to it and I get some value in it. I, well, I see it and I think it has some value just because it has a reference to something that is a hot topic in society. Or maybe it has a cool background that they made on Canva. So I save it. I like it. I send it to somebody else. And guys, I, I put some value to it. I don't know if you can relate with that. Um, but sometimes I can put too much value in things like that rather than the value of God's word. And, and guys, God's word needs to have the most weight in our lives. Uh, you can ask yourself the question of like, how much weight does God's word have on my life? Is it the first thing? Does it have the first say in my life? Does the word of God have the first say in my life? And more importantly, does it have the last say in my life? That's a harder question to think about, is if it has the last say, because honestly, that's the most important. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And so how can we be taught, or how can we be corrected if we're not examining ourselves using God's word? You know, we, we must examine ourselves because we're led, in this world, we're led by two different things, and I'll share more about what those are. And what I want to do is something a little bit different of how I'm going to give you all the main idea. How many of y'all have heard of Two Truths and a Lie? Just the game, Two Truths and a Lie? Okay, that's how I'm going to kind of give my main thought for tonight. And I, but here's the thing, I'm going to give you the answer, so it's not going to be, sorry to spoil it. But, you know, the lie that I want to give you all is this, and it's because God always loves me, what I do does not matter. Another way to think about it is, because God's love for me never changes, I can act how I want to act. I can behave and do the behaviors that I want to do. And then a truth that I want to apply to this is what you do is either led by the Holy Spirit or is led by your flesh. Flesh, your earthly desires. Truth number two is we reap what we sow. I, I added a couple of scriptures there. I'm not going to read them, but I, if you all have just some time, look through that and just think about how uh, these two truths and like how these scriptures apply to your life. Uh, I just wanted to equip y'all with some scripture to look at for yourselves and to be thinking about. How many of y'all are also familiar with the old phrase, actions have consequences? Oh yeah. Whenever you were young, uh, you probably did something dumb, something stupid, and you got in trouble. How many of y'all, whenever y'all got in trouble, y'all got spanked? Y'all got spanked. Okay. A lot more than I thought. How many of y'all got put in the corner? Okay. Well, for me, uh, I guess you could say I got spanked, but I actually didn't get spanked because my parents, they actually gave me something called whoopings. And how many of y'all know a whooping is different than a spanking testify? Come on. A whooping is different. And, you know, also I want to throw this up. Y'all saw it a minute ago just for nostalgia vibes. That's kind of why I'm throwing this up. The video. Your fantasies can't ever be quenched, can they? What will you learn? What will you learn? That your actions have consequences. This is a nightmare. <laughs> he like closes the chair so gently and then throws it on the ground. Yeah, that, the video had no purpose other than it says actions have consequences and it's funny. Uh, but as joking as we can be about it, as 
it can apply to our personal lives. It can also just as much apply to our spiritual lives, actions having consequences. And, you know, whether we like it or, lo- uh, like it or not, it's, it's true, and it might hurt a little bit, that some of the things that we do, it affects us. Some of the sowing that we have in our life, the things that we do, it affects us spiritually. And it's things like this. It could be issues with our mental health. It could be addictions that we have, arguments that we have with other people that causes strains in relationships. And, you know, even this one is just seeing somebody with a different belief that we have or even a different opinion uh, that's an earthly opinion that's only going to last as long as the earth lasts. But somehow we let it stand in the way of eternity with me and that person. And that's just being real. Like sometimes we let the earthly opinions and the earthly things stand in front of what is internally important, you know, for eternity. And it's just, what are we putting our value in? Um, So let's look at some scripture in Galatians 6, verse 7. I'm in the ESV version. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows from the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I want to read a different translation. Part of it says, those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. And, you know, as I was reading the scripture and I was thinking about the lie, I was trying to, you know, put myself in the shoes of somebody who could struggle with this lie. You know, the lie that since God loves me, everything I do, uh, it doesn't really matter. He's going he's gonna to always love me. I can do whatever I want. I try to put myself in the other person's shoes, thinking about the people in my life who's going through that. And it's funny because God really, he, he quickly corrected me. And he was like, no, remember, you used to have those shoes on yourself. You know, you've, wear, you've worn those shoes. Just put your own shoes back on and think about the times in your life where you've thought that and you've abused grace um, that you, you didn't sow the right seeds. And, and, you know, I just want to say this with complete transparency. Like, there's times where I've messed up, we've messed up. Um, we're never going to be perfect. Like, you, you can never get 100% of the shots that you take. And so let's just remember to have just as much truth. We also take the same uh, portion amount of grace whenever we hear that. And so I just think about, like, how, you know, maybe... We, as people, we might kind of look at the word and deny it as truth sometimes in our lives. Or maybe we, not, we don't deny it as truth, but we don't let it hold so much value in our lives. And I think that sometimes the reason we do that is because we, get, we have some fear that builds up in our lives because we know the consequences of our actions. And the consequences can be very scary to think about when it comes to the consequence of sin. Because when you think about the consequence of sin in our lives, it can be things like sadness or bad mental health, the things that I mentioned earlier, um, loneliness, isolation from other people, um, isolation that we feel from God. It can be just different things that happen that that are consequences of the sin that we live in. Um, But sometimes we stay at those consequences. And what I really want to think about is how the consequence of sin is not the only thing that's standing there whenever we meet it. The other thing that's meeting us there in that consequence of sin is Jesus. 
And, you know, Jesus doesn't want us to stay in the consequence of sin. What he wants us to do is remember that he died for us and that he resurrected so that we could not stay there in the consequence of sin and that be a destination place, but a, a place of redirection in our lives. Uh, he just wants us to meet him there, repent, acknowledge the, the sin that we've been living in, and he wants us to, to remember that we can be created new in him and that we can just redirect our lives there. You know, I said it already, it is is very hard to look into the eyes of sin and its consequence, but it's very encouraging whenever we realize Jesus is there too with us. And so, guys, we know that Scripture tells us we reap what we sow, and uh, we need to be led by the Spirit in what we are sowing. So what does this look like? And so I want to look in 1 John 3, 6 through 10, and it says, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. That's strong. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on uh, sinning because he has been born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his neighbor. And so thinking about this scripture right here, how do we sow being led by the Spirit? How do we behave in a way that we're led by the Spirit? And number one is to practice righteousness. And so, like I said earlier, you don't have to be perfect. We're going to mess up. Uh, Scripture doesn't say if you sin, uh, you're done. Like, no second chances. It's actually the opposite. If you sin, he wants you to go to him. Like, and he wants to give you another, another chance. And so God makes us righteous out of his love because we can't do it ourselves. We have to remember that. We need him. And he wants to be there for us whenever it comes to trying to be righteous. And the encouraging thing, in verse 7, it says, whoever practices righteousness is righteous. And so when we think about practicing righteousness, what are some steps that we can take in becoming, like, not becoming righteous, but what are some steps we can take in righteousness? And so the first thing that I thought of is just admitting sin that we have hidden in our lives. That's a great first step, talking to somebody about it, admitting that sin that you're hiding And just being open about it. And another one is just being obedient to the word that you're reading. And so we can hear the word. We can can listen to messages. We can have our quiet time. But we have to be obedient to God's word and respond in that way. And then another one is just honoring the people around you. Um, That's a big one. Because once we realize that righteousness isn't always about, it's not about us, honestly. Righteousness is about God and it's about the other people. Because that's what God cares about most is our love with him and our love for others. And so point number two is practice by faith. And so when we are practicing righteousness, it is out of the place of faith. And we have to remember that we're saved by God's grace through faith. And it's not about works that gets us saved. Um, God loves us when we have faith in him. And because when we think about faith, it's having complete trust and complete confidence in who God is and who he's, what he's going to do in our lives and what he says he's going to do in our lives. And, and I'm just thankful that God is a God of relationship with us. And he, he wants it to be reciprocal, our relationship with him. He doesn't want it to just be him, 
telling us what to do the whole time. He wants us to have a part in this. And that's where our faith comes in. So I want you to think about the analogy. Um, I'm just going to share, like, share like a little illustration here. And it's of a father and a child. So when the child is, a young, is at a young age, the father, this is kind of weird, but just stay with me. The, fa- the father has a chip put inside the child's brain. And what this chip does is it allows the kid to do whatever the father wants him to do. So as the kid grows up, you just see how there's moments in the kid and the father's relationship where the kid's doing something bad. The father's like, hey, chill out. Uh, Don't do that. And the kid listens. There's no arguing back and forth. There's no, like, counting to three. You know, there's nothing like that. He just listens. He responds. And then there's also the idea of, like, the father leaves the home. And he's like, see you, son. Love you. And then the, the kid immediately stops what he's doing. He turns and looks at the father and says, I love you too. Like, just quick. Responds, does whatever the father does, uh, wants him to do. Um, but over time, it starts to hurt the father because he realizes the father or that the son is not being genuine in it. He's being forced to do it. Uh, He's being forced to do these works in order to have this relationship with the Father that the Father wants. Uh, And this is just like how our relationship is with God whenever we try to gain it by works. That's not how it works. (laughs) Gain it by works, not how it works. Uh, So God, what he wants is that reciprocal relationship like I was talking about. He wants us to be able to have our own faith in him. He doesn't want it to be something that we build ourselves out of the things that we've done. He just wants it to be us and him. And so as I'm kind of like closing this out, I just want to empower y'all and give y'all some vision in this. And I found this scripture in Ephesians in 6, verse 10 through 12. And this is the message version. It's not a great read. Honestly, it's kind of like sobering, uh, but I just love it because it kind of puts everything in perspective. It says... And that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life-or-death fight to the finish against the devil and all of his angels. You see, it says God wants to equip us with the best materials. He's given us his word. He left the Holy Spirit here for us. He wants, us to, he wants to equip us so that we can get through this life in relationship with him. And the enemy is going to continue to try to deceive us. I don't want you to think like from here on out it's going to be perfect. It's going to be smooth. We're going to live righteous. Like there's still going to be hard times when we leave this church, when we leave this building. Uh, But I just want to encourage y'all that us as as believers, we can be intentional about the seeds that we're sowing. Uh, Because like it says in scripture earlier in Galatians, that it's by that people see that we're the children of God. And and Jesus shines through us to the other people. And that's how we make an impact on the earth. It's sowing seeds so that other people can see it. And then I want to end it with this. In, In Galatians, what I was reading earlier, Galatians 6, at the end of all of that that I read about reaping and sowing, whether it be good or bad, it says this in verse 9, let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap 
a harvest if we do not give up. So guys, just be thinking about that. Like, if we don't give up, if we don't grow weary, if we continue in the faith, trusting God with full confidence, we're gonna see a harvest happen. And I wanna be a part of that as the body of believers, as the church. We need to be a part of that. Um, so I'm gonna pray for us.